الحمد لله رب العالمين له الحمد الحسن والثناء الجميل وشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه والتابعين لهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد. Today inshallah ta'ala this is going to be our last and final uh, explanation on the kitab Manhajul Haq written by Al-Shaykh uh, Al-Allama Abdul Rahman ibn Nasir Al-Sa'di rahimahullah. We read 45 lines and the book consists of 65 lines. So inshallah ta'ala today we're going to finish the last and final 20 lines remaining bi-idhnillahi al-kareem. Naam. The author, rahimahullah, he says, He says, excuse the conduct. Excuse the conduct uh, you may experience from those whom you accompany. Uh, as commanded and instructed by Allah Azza wa Jalla. The author here, he's pointing out in this line of poetry, the ayah in the Qur'an where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, um, Excuse the conduct of those who are ill-mannered. And how do you excuse them? Forgive them. Turn a blind eye. Forgive them. And then instruct and command that which is good. And turn away from the ignorant ones. This ayah, the scholars, more than one scholar, they've all said that this ayah is that this ayah is the most comprehensive verse in the Quran regarding manners and etiquettes. This ayah is أَجْمَعُ آيَةٍ فِي بَابِ الْآدَابِ وَالْأَخْلَاقِ وَلِذَلِكَ شَيْخُ الْإِسْلَامِ بِنُ تَيْمِيَةٍ in his Majmu' al-Fatawa, the 30th volume, page 370, he says, وَهَذِي الْآيَةِ This ayah فِيهَا جِمَاعُ الْأَخْلَاقِ الْكَرِيمَةِ It has the conclusion, the summary of good manners and etiquettes. فَإِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ مَعَ النَّاسِ because the person, he coexists with people. The people may do to you sometimes that which you love. They might do to you something you love and you appreciate. Or they might sometimes do to you that which you don't like and you dislike. Allah commanded that the person, he takes with himself. And that he comes with to do that which is pleasing to him, subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is that the person turns a blind eye and he forgives and he overlooks. The person should never the person should never ask for more. If the people do to you that which you love, that which you appreciate, that which you like. Then take it from them. 
But never ask for more appreciation, more love. You never should ask for that. And the individual who wrongs you, who deals with you in a way that you do not like, disrespects you, then take with you forgiveness. It's characteristics of forgiving and turning a blind eye. It's very important. The author of this book, he has a tafsir book. He has a big tafsir book. Uh, the tafsir book is not big, sorry. It's very small. It's a small tafsir book. And this tafsir book, one of the things that it's unique in and that the scholars have praised this book for is it's a book that deals a lot with manners and etiquettes and the way that the person should carry themselves. It's a book... It's a tafsir book that focuses on al-janib al-tarbawi. It focuses on tahdib al-akhlaq, perfecting your manners, your etiquettes, your actions, purification of the heart. Tafsir al-Sa'di, it deals with that a lot. It does. And that's what Ibn Uthaymeen said in the muqaddimah of the tafsir of his teacher, the Sa'di. When he came to this ayah, he said something very powerful. So I'm going to read it, inshallah ta'ala, that which he said in his tafsir. When he came to this ayah in Surah Al-A'raf, Ayah 199, Surah Al-A'raf, Ayah 199, the ayah that I just read, Khudil wa wa'arid anil jahilin. Sa'di said, Rahimahullah, هذه الآية جامعة. This verse is very comprehensive. جامعة لحسن الخلق مع الناس. It's a very comprehensive verse regarding the issue of good manners with the people. وما ينبغي في معاملتهم. And the way that you should deal with the people. فَالَّذِي يَنْبَغِيَ أَنْ يُعَامَلَ بِهِ النَّاسِ أَنْ يَأْخُدَ الْعَفْوَةِ The way that one should deal with the people with is um, excusing the people's misconduct. Um, he says that. أَيْ مَا سَمَحَتْ بِهِ أَنْفُسُهُمْ وَمَا سَهُلَ عَلَيْهِ مِنَ الْأَعْمَالِ وَالْأَخْلَاقِ فَلَا يُكَلِّفُهُمْ مَا لَا, ت... ما لا تَسْمَحُ بِهِ طَبَائِعُهُمْ بَلْ يَشْكُرُ مِنْ كُلِّ أَحَدٍ مَا قَابَلْهُ بِهِ he praises everybody who does, his, who does him from whatever they do to him. You see, whether it be speech or action. Okay? And he then says, And he turns a blind eye when it comes to the people's, the people short, falling short in regards to him. He never is arrogant uh, to the people who are young. He's never arrogant to them. And he never puts a person down because of their intellect and their thinking. And he doesn't put a person down because he's poor and he hasn't got wealth. But Rather, he deals with everybody in tenderness and kindness and softness. And he deals with everybody in the way that the situation necessitates. A way that people's hearts open up for him. The author, rahimahullah, he says that. So it's a very long statement, but I honestly encourage you to all read it, inshallah ta'ala. Al-Shaykh Abdul Razak ibn Abdul Muhsin al-Abbad also said something very powerful and I think it's worth mentioning here as well. He said, وَالْوَاقِعُ الَّذِي يَنْبَغِي أَنْ يَكُونَ فِي مِثْلِ هَذَا الْمَقَامِ أَنْ يَسْتَفِيدَ صَاحِبُ الْخُلُقِ السَّيِّئِ مِنْ صَاحِبُ الْخُلُقِ الْجَمِيلِ لا أن تنعكس القضية بأن يكون صاحب الخلق الجميل هو المتأثر بصاحب الخلق السيء بل الحق أن يبقى على مستواه في الخلق العالي والدفع بالتي هي أحسن وكغض, 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 
وكظم الغيظ والعفو عن الناس حتى يستفيدوا من أخلاقه الجميل وأدبه الكريم عبد الرزاق says something very powerful he says that the reality is that the person who has bad manners and doesn't have good akhlaq, he should benefit from the one that has good etiquettes. It shouldn't be that the one who has good etiquettes gets affected by the one who has bad manners. In other words, when you're in a discussion, if a person is dealing with you in a bad way, he insults you, he, he results to um, vulgar language, uh, he uses inappropriate wordings. It doesn't mean that you steep to that person's level. You shouldn't. You're a person who's got good manners, right? Let the person who's got bad manners learn from your manners and learn how to deal with people. Don't be the one who learns from the person who has bad manners and you start doing what that person is doing. And that's something very important. Like when you get angry, swallow your anger. Don't express it. Also turn a blind eye from some people's wrongdoings and the way they deal with you. Um... And the reason why you do that, he said, is what? That, the, that, that person who lacks manners, he benefits from you. He learns how to react and how to deal with situations. And so you might be the only means for that, bad per, that person who has bad manners. You might be the teacher for that person. And that might be the only way he could ever learn how to carry he or herself. Naam. The author, he says, Rahimahullahu rahmatan wasi'ah. He says, Tarahal anidunya falaysat iqamatan. He says, Depart from this world, for it is not a permanent dwelling. Walakinna zadul liman yatazawadu. Rather, it is a source of provision for one who uses it as such. This dunya, don't ever think to yourself, it is a permanent place, a place you're going to stay here forever. This dunya is not فَلَيْسَتْ إِقَامَةً It's not a place where you're going to stay forever. Ali ibn Abi Talib رضي الله تعالى عنه He said اِرْتَحَلَتِ الدُّنْيَا مُدْبِرَةً وَارْتَحَلَتِ الْآخِرَةُ مُقْبِلَةً وَلِكُلِّ وَاحِدَةٍ مِّنْهُمَا بَنُونَ فَكُونُوا مِنْ أَبْنَاءِ الْآخِرَةِ وَلَا تَكُونُوا مِنْ أَبْنَاءِ الدُّنْيَا فَإِنَّ الْيَوْمَ عَمَلٌ وَلَا حِسَاب the dunya has turned its back. And the akhirah has made its way to you. And both of them, the dunya and the akhirah, both of them have people. But be from the people of the hereafter. Do not be from the people of this world. Today, it's about actions and hard work. وَلَا حِسَابٌ And there's no accountability. وَغَدًا حِسَابٌ And tomorrow, there is accountability. وَلَا عَمَلٌ And there is no actions. Some of the wise people, they said, عَجِبْتُ مِمَّنِ الدُّنْيَا مُوَلِّيَةٌ عَجِبْتُ مِمَّنِ الدُّنْيَا مُوَلِّيَةٌ عَنْهُ وَالْآخِرَةُ مُقْبِلَةٌ إِلَيْهِ يَشْتَغِلُ بِالْمُدْبِرَةِ وَيُعْرِضُ عَنِ الْمُقْبِلَةِ Some of the wise have once mentioned I am fascinated with a person who is exerting his efforts into this world that has turned his back on him 
and he is busy from the akhirah that has made its way to him. That person is one you should be fascinated with. We are in this world as a stranger. We're not going to stay here forever. The Prophet said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Kun fi dunya ka'anna Be in this world as though you are a stranger. Kun fi dunya Be in this world like a stranger or a person who's crossing a road. This world is mata'. It's a short period of joy. And the day of judgment is the final abode. There is no other stage after it. That is the last. Ya qawmi, innama hadhi al-hayatu dunya mata'. Wa inna daru al-akhiratu. Wa inna al-akhirata hiya daru al-qarar. The Prophet also said, Mali walid dunya, innama mathali wa mathalu dunya. كمثل راكب قال في ظل شجرة ثم راح وتركها. The messenger said, "What is the relationship between me and this dunya? What is the connection between me and this dunya? يعني there is no connection between me and this dunya. إنما مثلي ومثل الدنيا. Me and this dunya are like كمثل راكب like a traveler. قال في ظل شجرة who slept under the shade. ثم راح وتركها and then he left it. And the whole world to me is like sleeping under a tree for a period of time and then leaving it. The author then said, since we're going to stay in this dunya for a short, short period of time, what is it that we must do? It is an opportunity for you to take provision from this dunya. يعني to take righteous deeds from this dunya. And that is why Allah said in the Quran, Take your provision from this dunya. The best of provision is piety, taqwa. And then Allah Taala He said, Have piety. Be conscious of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Those of you who are smart, Umar ibn Abdul Aziz He said in a khutbah al-Jum'ah, Inna dunya laysat bidari qararikum. This world is not a place you're going to stay forever. It is a place Allah has written for you to perish from and to leave. وَكَتَبَ عَلَىٰ أَهْلِهَا مِنْهَا الضَّعَنْ فَكَمْ مِنْ عَامِلٍ فَكَمْ مِنْ عَامِلٍ مَوْثَقَ عَمَّا قَلِيلٌ يَخْرُبْ وَكَمْ مِنْ مُقِيمٍ مُغْتَبِطٍ عَمَّا قَلِيلٍ يَضْعَنُ فَأَحْسِنُ رَحِمَكُمُ اللَّهِ مِنْهَا الرِّحْلَةَ بِأَحْسَنِ مَا بِحَضْرَتِكُمْ مِنَ النُّقْلَةَ to come and to go. And he has chosen for the hereafter for it to be the permanent station, the place that no one will go after, uh, no one will go anywhere other than it. If you're in Jannah that day and you're a believer, you will stay in Jannah, inshallah. And if you are from the disbelievers, you're going to stay in the hellfire. The dunya is a place where you need to take your provision from. Yani every moment you're living, you're thinking about how can I make righteous deeds. That is what you're thinking about. وَتَزَوَّدُوا فَإِنَّ خَيْرَ الزَّادِ تَقْوَى وَاتَّقُونِ يَا أُولِي الْأَلْبَابِ نعم. The author, rahimahullah, here he says, وَكُنْ سَالِكًا طُرُقَ الَّذِينَ تَقَدَّمُوا And follow the path of those who preceded you. إِلَى الْمَنْزِلِ الْبَاقِ الَّذِي لَيْسَ يَنْفَذُوا They preceded you to the everlasting abode. 
which has no end. وَكُنْ سَالِكًا Be an individual. Be a person who follows the path. You follow the path of who? Those who preceded you. The great Imams of Al-Islam, the noble Sahaba, the companions of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, and Ali. Take those people's path. Those who, which we refer to as As-Salaf Al-Salih, the pious predecessors. They preceded us in good speech. They preceded us in good action. They preceded us in good aqidah. We follow them in all of those three. We follow them in their aqidah and what they believed. We follow them in what they said. We follow them in what they did. Because they preceded us in time and in virtue. Allah said in the Quran, وَالسَّابِقُونَ الْأَوَّلُونَ مِنَ الْمُهَاجِرِينَ وَالْأَنصَارِ وَالَّذِينَ اتَّبَعُوهُمْ بِإِحْسَانِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ وَرَضُوا Allah is pleased with the muhajirin. Allah is pleased with the ansar. And Allah is also pleased with the people who follow the muhajirin and the ansar. Choose which of those three you want to be from. Definitely you can't be from the muhajirin. And definitely you can't be from the ansar. So the only option open for you is to be from the third camp, which is those who follow the companions, who follow the muhajirin and the ansar. What is it that we follow them in? We follow them in their speech, we follow them in their actions, and we follow them in their creed and what they believed. Abdullah ibn Mas'udin, he said a very powerful statement. He said, مَنْ كَانَ مُسْتَنَّنْ فَلْيَسْتَنَّ بِمَنْ قَدَمَاتْ فَإِنَّ الْحَيَّ لَا تُؤْمَنُ عَلَيْهِ الْفِتْنَةِ أُولَٰئِكَ أَصْحَابَ مُحَمَّدٍ He said, if you want to hold on to someone, and you want to grab onto them, then grab onto the path of the companions of the Prophet because the one who is alive, he's not reassured that he's going to die upon Iman. If a person's alive, there is a possibility he or she can apostate. But the companions, we know where they ended. My beloved brothers and sisters, if you can't follow the path of the people who are alive, who are righteous. If Abdullah ibn Mas'udin is saying, do not follow the path of those who are alive, whether they are righteous or not. Follow the Sahaba, follow the noble Imams of Islam, the Tabi'een and the Tabi'u Tabi'een. Follow those who we know they died upon Iman and righteous deeds. Follow them. Imagine those who are following, who are following disbelievers, football players, musicians, rappers. How will the situation be? You have role models. We hear today a lot of people say, the reason why the youngsters and the youths are in what they're in, the reason why the youths are going through this, is because they don't have no role models. We say to this person, you're not truthful in what you're saying. You're not truthful in what you're saying. How does that person not have a role model when their role model should be the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ لِمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُ اللَّهَ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرَ وَذَكَرَ اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا Allah mentions in the Quran that the Prophet is our role model. How could that person say, I have no role model? When the companions are your role model, مَنْ كَانَ مُسْتَنَّنْ فَلْيَسْتَنَّ بِمَنْ قَدِمَاتِ فَإِنَّ الْحَيَّ لَا تُؤْمَنُ عَلَيْهِ الْفِتْنَةِ أُولَٰئِكَ أَصْحَابَ مُحَمَّدٍ The companions are your role model. أُولَٰئِكَ أَصْحَابَ مُحَمَّدٍ نعم. The author, rahimahullah, he says, وَكُنْ ذَاكِرًا لِلَّهِ فِي كُلِّ حَالَةٍ Be a person who constantly observes the remembrance of Allah in every situation, in all circumstances, 
فَلَيْسَ لِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ وَقْتٌ مُقَيَّدُ The remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has no time which it's restricted to. Remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala every time. When you are driving, when you are walking, even when you're having a conversation with someone and those pauses happen, use that opportunity to do the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our mother Aisha, as it's narrated in Sahih Muslim, she said about the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, كَانَ يَذْكُرُ اللَّهِ فِي كُلِّ أَحْوَالِهِ That the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he used to remember Allah فِي كُلِّ أَحْيَانِهِ in all of his situations. He used to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فِي حَالِ الْقِيَامِ When he is standing, he would remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَفِي حَالِ الْقُعُودِ When he is sitting, he would remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. حَتَّى حَالُ لِلْدِّجَاعِ حَالُ لِلْدِّجَاعِ when he is sitting down and when he's lying down, he will remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Halu dhihab, when he leaves, he will remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Halu rawahli wal iyab, when he's turning back and he's coming back, he will remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he was one who remembered Allah in all situations. فَلَيْسَ لِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ وَقْتُ الْمُقَيَّدُ The remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not have a restricted time. Yani Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we don't remember him at one time and we forget him at other times. Always we should be remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now the author rahimahullah is now going to go into the virtue of doing the dhikr. He's now going to go into the virtue of doing dhikr. Naam. The author mentions the first virtue of remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What is the first virtue? He says, Remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and doing dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, ilahil arshi, the Lord of the throne, sirran, remembering him privately, wa mu'lanan, Yani inwardly and outwardly, remembering him. Yuzilu shaka, it will remove from you. It gets rid of. What does it get rid of? Ashaka It gets rid of misery and distress. And it repels them. It repels misery. It repels distress. The remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the author is right. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said in the Qur'an, أَلَا بِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ تَطْمَئِنُّ الْقُلُوبِ Verily, in the remembrance of Allah, does the heart find tranquility. Remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Lord of the throne, inwardly and outwardly, it gives you this benefit, which is when you're miserable, when you feel distressed, Remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it repels all of that. Definitely. All of the types of distress, depression, anxieties that people suffer from is because the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is missing from those people. Naam. The author here he mentions two benefits. So we already have one benefit, benefit before mentioned 
And now we're going to have two extra benefits, which makes it three. In this line of poetry, the author mentions two benefits of remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What are they? وَيَجْلِبُ لِلْخَيْرَاتِ دُنْيًا وَآجِلًا It will bring for you the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What does it bring for you? It brings about all good in this world and the hereafter. That's number one. The remembrance of Allah is جَلَّابٌ لِلْخَيْرَاتِ وَالْبَرَكَاتِ The remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it drags for you. It brings for you the good of this world and the hereafter. The good of this dunya and the good of the hereafter. It brings for you. What, what does that mean? It means that it gives you health. Yeah, abdan. Having the strength and the ability, it gives it to you. Yeah, it does. It also cleanses your, your, your thinking. People who remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah gives them safa'ul uqul. Their brains is clean. And clean from what? A lot of people can't think straight, as they say. The person who's always remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he thinks straight. Naam. He gets all of that. Also, it brings you benefits in the hereafter. The hereafter. Darul akhirah. How does it bring it for you? It brings you thawabul akhiratil. Reward the day of judgment that waits for you. It brings it for you. That's one benefit that the author mentioned in this line. Okay? The third benefit in general, or the second benefit in this line, is The second benefit it has is And should the whisperer come to you at any time, any time he comes to you, what happens? It fends him away. It gets rid of him. It pushes him away. The remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it repels from you shaitan. He wants to whisper to you. That's what Allah said in the ayah. وَمَن يَعْشُ عَن ذِكْرِ الرَّحْمَنِ نُقَيِّدْ لَوْ شَيْطَانًا فَهُوَ لَهُ قَرِيدٌ Those people who don't remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَمَن يَعْشُ عَن ذِكْرِ الرَّحْمَنِ نُقَيِّدْ لَهُ شَيْطَانًا فَهُوَ لَهُ قَرِيدٌ Shaytan has control over those people. Shaytan is running their life. He's whispering to them. And that's why many people ask, how can I get rid of waswas? I, ha- I, I have so much waswas. Naam, the author tells you to. to وَإِنْ يَأْتِكَ الْوَسْوَاسُ يَوْمًا يُشَرِّدُ وَاللَّهِ وَبِاللَّهِ وَتَاللَّهِ I swear by Allah. I have never come across a person who says, I've got waswas. I have waswas. I always ask them, have you, do, do you do the adhkar sabah wal masa? No one has ever said to me, yes I do. And I still have waswas. I'm yet to see that. So if you want waswas to go, when the whispers to go, then what you need to do is make sure that you do your dhikr. Make sure you do your dhikr. ولذلك there's a hadith Al-Imam Al-Tirmidhi narrated in his sahih. And Zakaria alayhi salam, the Prophet Zakaria, he mentioned to his people he said to his people, "Inna Allah amarani bi khamsi kalimatin." Allah commanded me five, five words, and a'mala bihinna that I act upon these five words. Allah commanded me to act upon five words for me to do it. Wa amurakum an ta'amalu bihinna, 
and that I command you guys to do it. So this festival teaches us that Nabiullah Zakaria, he's saying that these five words, I was commanded to implement it first. And that is the correct way. That you first of all have to implement the knowledge and then you can go out and teach others. Inna Allah amarani bi khamsi karimat. Allah commanded me five words. And a'amala bihinna that I act upon them. Wa amurakum an ta'amalu bihinna. And that I command you guys to act upon it. And from the five, from the five, that Zakaria mentioned that he was told to command his people was وَأَمُرَكُمْ أَنْ تَذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ I command you all to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala فَإِنَّ مَثَلَ ذَلِكَ Because the example of the one who remembers Allah is كَمَثَلِ رَجُلٍ خَرَجَ is like a man who came out. He came out. خَرَجَ الْعَدُوُ فِي أَثَرِهِ And the enemy is right behind him. On, on to him. سِرَاعًا until this man, he got into a fortress. And then what did he do? He closed and he barricaded his enemy that was chasing him. He locked himself from them. And Zakaria said that a person, he cannot block himself and place a fortress around himself from shaitan unless he does the remembrance of Allah, the dhikr. وَلِذَلِكَ The great shaykh who recently died, Allahu يَرْحَمُهُ May Allah bestow his never-ending mercy onto him. Shaykh Sa'id ibn Wahf al-Qahtani, the author of the kitab, Hisn al-Muslim. He got the name from this hadith. Many people don't know that. He got the name from this hadith. Because what did this hadith say? حَتَّى إِذَا أَتَى عَلَى حِسْنٍ حَصِينٍ حِسْنٍ حَصِينٍ Until he comes to a fortress. So... The dhikr is a fortress for you. The dhikr is a fortress for you, around you, that you can block yourself from shaitan. Naam. The author then now goes into, in the 52nd line, he says, فَقَدْ أَخْبَرَ الْمُخْتَارُ Who is the mukhtar here? It's the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the chosen one, the word mukhtar means the chosen one. فَقَدْ أَخْبَرَ الْمُخْتَارُ The chosen one يعني نبي الله محمد أَخْبَرَ يَوْمًا لِصَحْبِهِ He informed He informed his companions one day بِأَنَّ كَثِيرَ الذِّكْرِ فِي السَّبَقِ مُفْرِدُ That the one uh, who increases in the remembrance of Allah أما the one, أما those who are plentiful in the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they have outdone everyone else the Prophet ﷺ, one day he told his companions that the people who remember Allah a lot, who are excessive in the remembrance of Allah, they have outdone everyone. And the author rahimahullah here is referring to the hadith where the Prophet ﷺ said to his companions, the hadith can be found in Sahih Muslim on the authority of Abu Hurairah, that the Messenger ﷺ said to his companions, سَبَقَ الْمُفَرِّدُونَ سَبَقَ الْمُفَرِّدُونَ that the uh, the uh, the mufarridun have outdone everyone else. And the mufarridun outdone everyone else. So the sahabas they said, "O oh, Messenger of Allah, who are the mufarridun?" Then the messenger said, "Adhakirun Allaha kathiran wadhakirat." The mufarridun are the men and the women who remember Allah a lot. They have outdone everyone.
So this hadith, the scholars, they took from it that a person who remembers Allah a lot, he surpasses any and everybody. Any and everybody. Imagine, brothers and sisters, is it very hard for you to just sit somewhere and just to move your lips and your tongue in one place you're sitting. You don't have to run around. You just have to do dhikr. You have to do dhikr. That's it. And because of that, your stations, as you're sitting with the people, you're just growing one level to another level to another level in Jannah. May Allah make us from those people. Oh Allah, make us from those people. Naam. The author now goes into another benefit of, of dhikr. The benefits. These are all the benefits. The author, now he's going through all of the benefits of a dhikr. How many dhikr have we done so far? فَذِكْرُ إِلَهِ الْعَرْشِ سِرًّا وَمُعْلَنًا يُزِيلُ الشَّقَاءَ وَالْهَمَّ عَنْكَ وَيَطْرُودُ That was one. And also in the 51st line, he mentions وَيَجْلُبُ لِلْخَيْرَاتِ دُنْيًا وَآجِلًا That's two. وَإِنْ يَأْتِكَ الْوَسْوَاسُ يَوْمًا يُشَرِّدُ That's three. And then the fourth one was what? فَقَدْ أَخْبَرَ الْمُخْتَارُ يَوْمًا لِصَحْبِهِ بِأَنَّ كَثِيرَ الذِّكْرِ فِي سَبْقِ مُفْرِدُ Which is four. Okay? And number five is وَوَصَّى مُعَاذًا يَسْتَعِينُ إِلَاهَهُ عَلَى ذِكْرِهِ وَالشُّكْرِ بِالْحُسْنِ يَعْبُدُ The 53rd line, the author rahimahullah, he, he consoled Mu'adh to seek assistant to seek assistance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in what lacking in in the remembrance of Allah that the Abu that Mu'adh seeks help from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and was shukri and that also Mu'adh seeks help from Allah to express gratitude to him bil husni ya'budu and also Mu'adh seeks help from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he perfects his act of worship. And in those three things, Mu'ad seeks help from Allah. What is it? Remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, showing and expressing gratitude, and also perfecting his acts of worship. Those three, the Prophet commanded Mu'ad that he seeks assistance, assistance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala regarding it. And where did the Shaykh get this from? He got it from the hadith that Imam Abi Dawood and Imam Ahmed narrated that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Ya Mu'ad, wallahi inni la uhibbuk. Mu'ad, I love you. The Prophet said to Mu'ad, wallahi inni la uhibbuk. Mu'ad, I love you. Then the Prophet said it again, wallahi inni la uhibbuk. Mu'ad, I love you. Faqala usika ya Mu'ad. The Prophet then said, Mu'ad, I advise you. La tada'anna fi duburi kulli salatin an taqula. Do not leave off saying after every prayer, Allahumma a'inni ala dhikrika. Oh Allah, aid me and support me and give me assistance. Ala dhikrika in your remembrance. Wa shukrika and expressing gratitude. Wallah, give me the strength to show you gratitude. Wa husni ibadatik. Oh Wallah, give me strength to perfect my act of worship. These three are the greatest thing that a person can ask Allah for help. These three characteristics are the three most powerfulest things that you can ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to aid you and support you in. Mm-hmm. These two lines, the author, rahimahullah, he goes into other noble virtues, other virtues regarding a dhikr. So 54, the author, rahimahullah, he says, وَأَوْصَى لِشَخْصٍ قَدْ أَتَى لِنَصِيحَةٍ 
وقد كان في حمل الشرائع يجهد امان came to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he approached the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam for advice and he said oh messenger of allah advise me وقد كان في حمل الشرائع يجهد and this man the religion the uh, deen he found he found it difficult in fulfilling all of the religious commandments or all of the legislations in the religion and he was finding it very hard to fulfill all of the legislations of the sharia mm-hmm. he was finding it very hard what was it that the prophet ﷺ advised him the prophet is advising the following the prophet advised him sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said to him do not let your tongue remain moist from this what is it from the remembrance of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do not let your tongue remain moist from the remembrance of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bi'alla yazal ratban lisanuka hadi tu'inu ala kulli al-umuri wa tus'idu this will assist you in all face and bring you happiness and in remembering allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always is going to aid and support you in all matters and it's going to bring you happiness a man came to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam one time al imam uh, at tirmidhi and ibn majah narrated on the on the authority of abdullah ibn busrin and a rajulan qala ya rasulullah a man came to the prophet and he said ya rasulullah o messenger of allah inna shara'i al-islam qad kathurat alayya o messenger of allah the legislations of the religion have become too much on me fa'akhbirni bi shay'in atashabbathu bi o messenger of allah tell me something i can hold on to I can hold on to atashabbathu bi means ay atamassaku bi something i can hold on to the prophet said to this man la yazalu lisanuka ratban min dhikrillah the prophet said to him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam let your tongue remain moist in the remembrance of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now this man is saying, O oh, Messenger of Allah, the legislations, the Sharia in its totality is so much. I'm a simple man. I just want one thing I can hold on to. The Messenger وسلم, prescribed one thing for him. What is it that he prescribed for this man? He prescribed for him to always remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The author mentioned, The dhikr, what does it do? It helps you in righteous deeds. That is true. All acts of worship, the dhikr helps you and it aids and supports you. It helps you. And if you're finding acts of worship hard, if you get yourself in the routine of doing so much dhikr, I promise you, I promise you, after a while, once you get into the routine of doing dhikr, and you do it for a long, long time, you'll start to realize all acts of worship and everything become very easy for you. You'll find it. وَتُسْعِدُ And you'll see yourself very happy a lot. You will find You start to find happiness. You start to find tranquility. And you start to find ease and simplicity. The remembrance of Allah does all of that for you. Naam. We'll carry on inshallah ta'ala uh, after the salah bi-idhni lahi al-kareem.
will carry on insha'Allah ta'ala bi-idhnillah al-kareem. The author, rahimahullah, <coughs> he goes into the, the benefits of dhikr. He's still going on. He says, rahimahullah rahmatan wasi'ah, he says, وَأَخْبَرَ أَنَّ الذِّكْرَ غَرْسٌ لِأَهْلِهِ بِجَنَّاتِ عَدْنٍ وَالْمَسَاكِنُ تُمْهَدُ He says, that the dhikr is planted for those who engage in it. And it becomes a plant for them in Jannah. Yani Allah, wa ta'ala, the dhikr is a planted uh, thing for them uh, if they do dhikr a lot. Where is it going to be planted in? Every dhikr that they do, it will be planted for those who engage in it, in the gardens of Adnin. And their dwellings are prepared. The Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned in a hadith that Imam Tirmidhi narrated, and Sheikh Muhammad Nasir al-Din al-Albani graded this hadith to be Hassan, on the authority of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. That the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, لَقِيتُ إِبْرَاهِيمَ لَيْلَةَ أُسْرِيَ بِي The Prophet said, I met Ibrahim the night I was ascended high up into the sky. فَقَالَ يَا مُحَمَّدُ Ibrahim said to Nabi Allah Muhammad, أَقْرِئْ أُمَّتَكَ مِنِّ السَّلَامِ أَقْرِئْ Convey on my behalf greeting from me to your Ummah Muhammad. And he convey my salams to your Ummah. أَقْرِئْ أُمَّتَكَ مِنِّ السَّلَامِ وَأَخْبِرْهُمْ أَنَّ الْجَنَّةَ الطَّيِّبَةُ التُّرْبَةِ And tell them that the Jannah, the, the turba, the sand of the Jannah is blessed. عَذْبَةُ الْمَاءِ Its water is very sweet. وَأَنَّهَا قِيْعَانٌ وَأَنَّ غِرَاسَ سُبْحَانَ اللَّهِ وَالْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ وَلَا إِلَهِ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَاللَّهُ أَكْبَرٌ And it is a qi'an, an earth that produces. وَأَنَّ غِرَاسَهَا سُبْحَانَ اللَّهِ And it is a land where the plants in it are from the people's remembrance of Allah. When they used to say, subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, wallahu akbar. So the, the gardens in Jannah, the plants that you have in there are all from the remembrance of Allah, ta'ala, which you used to do. By saying, subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, wallahu akbar. Every time you remember Allah, Jannah, your Jannah will be beautified for you even more. The author here, he mentions two other benefits. In this line of poetry, he mentions two benefits of dhikr. The first benefit he mentions is, The first benefit is, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He makes mention of his servant. And Allah Ta'ala mentions you in the gathering of the angels. And this is based on the ayah, فَذْكُرُونِي أَذْكُرْكُمْ Remember me, mention me, and I will also do the same. And also the famous hadith in Sahihain, on the authority of Abu Hurairah, that the Prophet Sallallahu he said, Allah Azza wa Jalla said, فَإِن ذَكَرَنِي فِي نَفْسِهِ If the person remembers me in themselves, Allah says, I will remember them in my nafs. If the person remembers me in a gathering, I will remember them or I will mention them in a gathering better than the gathering that they've mentioned me in. 
And wallahi billahi tallahi, my beloved brothers and sisters, kafa bidhakiri sharafan, kafa bidhakiri sharafa. Enough honor for the one who remembers Allah ta'ala is ayyadkurahu rabbul alameen. The Lord of the universe is, remem- is mentioning you. Allah, that is honor, that is enough for you. That Allah mentioned you subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second benefit that the author rahimahullah mentioned is the second benefit that the author rahimahullah mentioned that the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is is and is with him in all affairs setting them all right. Yani the person he gains the support and the help and the aid of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Al-Imam Al-Bukhari narrated in his Sahih Mu'allaqan. And Al-Imam Ahmad narrated the hadith in his Musnad Mawsulan with the chain. That the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Allah azza wa jalla said, Ana ma'abdi ma I am with my slave when he remembers me. And his lips move. I am with him. This, I am with my slave. The scholars, they took from this. This is ma'iyatun khasa. I am with him means I will aid him. And I will support him. That's what it means. It's like the ayah where Allah says, إِنَّ اللَّهَ مَعَ الَّذِينَ اتَّقَوْ وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ مُحْسِنُونَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ مَعَ الَّذِينَ Allah is with those who are pious. And it's like the ayah where Allah says, Wallahu ma'asabirin. Allah is with those who are patient. And it's also like the ayah where Allah says, Wa inna allaha ma'al muhsinin. Allah is with those who do good. And it is like the ayah where Allah says, La tahzan inna allaha ma'ana. Do not be sad. Allah is with us. So this ma'a that we, we are hearing in these verses is the same one that was used in the hadith where um, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with the person who remembers him. And Allah is going to help you. And Allah is going to support you subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's what you gain. And also another hadith, Imam al-Bukhari and Muslim both narrated. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said, Ana inda dhanni abdi bi. I am what my slave thinks of me. Wa ma'ahu idha dhakarani. And I am with him to support him and aid him if he remembers me. فَإِنْ ذَكَرَنِي فِي نَفْسِهِ If he remembers me in himself. ذَكَرْتُهُ فِي نَفْسِهِ I remember him in myself. وَإِنْ ذَكَرَنِي فِي مَلَئٍ And if he mentions me in a gathering. ذَكَرْتُهُ فِي مَلَئٍ خَيْرٍ مِّنْهُمْ Allah says I remember him in a gathering better than the gathering in which he remembered me in. So the person who remembers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he or she will attain the ma'iyyatul الْخَاصَةِ They're going to attain the aid and the support of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is going to aid you. Allah is going to support you. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. You will gain the tawfiq and the i'ana and the ta'eed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's what we're looking for every day. Every moment in our life. We need Allah to help us and to support us. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, The author now goes into another benefit of the dhikr. Which is, وَأَخْبَرَ أَنَّ الذِّكْرَ يَبَقَى بِجَنَّتٍ from the, from the benefits of the dhikr is, it remains. It what? 
it remains. The person's dhikr, it remains in Jannah. While all other responsibilities cease in the, in the eternal abode. That the dhikr is the one thing that's still going to remain in Jannah. Whereas all of the other acts of obedience and all the other acts of takalif, the obligations and the burdens that were put on us on this earth, all of them will cease, will come to an end. They will not be done in Jannah. Like in dhikr, it's one of those things that still will be done in Jannah. Mm-hmm. That's why the Prophet ﷺ said in the hadith, زمرتن, the first patch, الجنة, the first patch of people who enter Jannah, the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that they are going to be saying, Subhanallah, they will be exalting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bukratan wa ashiyah in the morning and in the evening. So the dhikr will not stop in Jannah. That hadith. Al-Imam al-Bukhari and Muslim both narrated on the authority of Abu Hurairah. Also, the ayah where Allah wa ta'ala, he said, دَعْوَاهُمْ فِيهَا سُبْحَانَكَ اللَّهُمَّ وَتَحِيَّتُمْ فِيهَا سَلَامُ وَآخِرُ دَعْوَاهُمْ أَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, دَعْوَاهُمْ فِيهَا The da'wa. In Jannah is what? Subhanakallahumma. And their greeting is what? Salam. Wa'akhiru da'wahum. And their final da'wah is an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Praise is to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But of course, the dhikr in Jannah is not going to be very hard for them. And it's not going to be something they're going to find burden from it. And they do that. No. It's going to be like breathing. It's like they're breathing. Now, they're going to find it um, joyful. And they're not going to find any kulfa wa mashaqqa. They're not going to find any hardship in doing it. But that shows you the benefits of dhikr. That it's one of those things that carry with you or carry on with you in Jannah. The author, rahimahullah, he says, he says, If there was nothing in the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in the remembrance of Allah, if there was no other benefit in it, no benefit, there was no other benefit, other than, أَنَّهُ طَرِيقٌ إِلَى, أنه طريق إلى حُبِّ الْإِلَهِ وَمُرْشِدُ That it is the uh, means to the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and it leads uh, to that. If there was no other benefit in dhikr, other than it will lead you or it's the means or the path that brings about the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it would have been enough. That would be enough. And the fact that it is the thing that leads to, I might say means to the love of Allah, and it leads to that. Where did the author, rahimahullah, get that from? Allah Taala statement where He said, "Yuhibbuhum wa yuhibbuna." Allah loves them; they love Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. And if you realize that, you will truly understand the value of the dhikr. Al-Alama Ibn Al-Qayyim, rahimahullah, he said, "فَمَنْ أَرَادَ أَنْ يَنَالَ مَحَبَّةَ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ فَلْيَلْهَجْ بِذِكْرِهِ." 
فإنه الدرس والمذاكرة كما أنه باب العلم فإن الذكر باب المحبة وشارعها الأعظم وصراطها الأقوم Anyone who wants to gain the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala If you want Allah's love If you're looking for Allah ta'ala's love فليلهج بذكره Proclaim Say the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala It is a lesson It's a reminder It's a revision It is knowledge itself فذكر باب المحبة The door of love Can be attained And it can be gained In the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala That is very important The author rahimahullah He said وَيَنْهَا And it, it prohibits Prevents A person from what? عَنْ غِيبَةٍ وَنَمِيمَةٍ It prevents a person It Stops a person From عَنْ غِيبَةٍ Backbiting The word غِيبَة Is to backbite Is ذِكْرُ الْإِنسَانِ أَخَاهُ فِي غِيبَةِ بِمَا يَكْرَهُ It's to say about your brother or sister In their absence That which they do not like That's what it means والنميمة The dhikr and the remembrance of Allah prevent you from tail-bearing And in namima is to tail-bear It's to take one statement from one person And then you take it to another person And your aim and objective is Al-ifsad Al-waqi'ata baynahum You want to bring the relation of these two people to end You want to destroy their relationship That's what you want to do And Dhikr prevents a person from falling into those two. Why? Because if you do not busy your tongue in the remembrance of Allah, it busies you in backbiting and tail-bearing. That's what it does. Now you have to choose what you're going to do with that tongue, that organ in your mouth. Are you going to remember Allah with it? Are you going to exalt Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Or are you going to spend your time Talking about other people Are you going to be speaking about them? Are you going to be tell-bearing? Say, oh, so I said this about you And you go back to the other person and say, yep, yeah, this is what they said about you Is that what you're going to spend your time with? Let alone if this person is doing it between scholars Or people of knowledge Or even students of knowledge You're backbiting them, speaking about them It's, sev- it's more severe When the people you're talking about are people knowledge. That's why Ibn Asaki rahimahullah he said, he said, لحوم العلماء مسمومة وعادة الله في هتك أستان منتقصيه معلومة فمن أطلق لسانهم بالعلماء فمن أطلق لسانه بالعلماء بثلب أبلاه الله قبل موت بموت القلب. The flesh of the scholars is poisonous. لحوم العلماء مسمومة. The flesh of the people of knowledge is poisonous. Ulama's flesh is poisonous. You don't speak about them in bad. And Allah Ta'ala has a way to deal with people who open their tongues at the scholars and the people of knowledge. That Allah Ta'ala will kill your heart before death actually overcomes you. Or before you even die, your heart will actually die. Because you're speaking about people of knowledge. Ahlul ilm. And The scholars are the highest. And the people of knowledge, the talabatul ilm, they are below that. And the people who are the general mass are below that. 
the person you are speaking about, if he's a Muslim, the sin is very high. It's a major sin. It, it becomes worse the more knowledgeable and the more noble and the more effect that this person has on the ummah. Your sins are going to be severer and higher. And Walid Asafi Shadid, sadness today is some men, they spend their time with their spouses, teaching, them, teaching their spouses this. It's talking about other people. Yeah, so and so. Yep, so and so. With his wife. Or the wife is talking to the husband about other people. Whereas none of them are grabbing the other one and saying, listen, this is not something we want to go into right now. Let's stop that. It's none of our business. It's got nothing to do with us. And our house, we don't talk about other people. It's got nothing to do with us. We just have to focus on our children. have to focus on our household. No. Instead of being the wiser one, whether it be the woman or the man, both of them are backbiting other people. Sometimes people are destroying other people's marriages, for example, causing waqi'ah, tail-bearing between the people, going out, making the husband and the wife fight, saying a statement to the husband, or saying a statement to the wife, for example, which causes a big issue between the two partners, and things like that. Especially when you were not asked for any help, no one asked you your advice, no one asked your input, no one told you what you should do. You bring yourself in. A lot of the people who do that, if you look at them, you follow them up, you tend to find that the remembrance of Allah is very little on their tongue. So, busy your tongue with the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or else your tongue will busy you with backbiting and tail-bearing. And if you've spoken about anyone, you've backbited someone, you've said something about them behind their back, Take, ask for forgiveness today. Ask for forgiveness today. You have the opportunity today. Okay? Ask for forgiveness today. Before it turns into the day of judgment, hasanat, righteous deeds. That person just takes your deeds. Take it from, ask for forgiveness now. Get the forgiveness from them. Now. Now the author, rahimahullah, he says, he says, لَكَانَ لَنَا حَظٌ عَظِيمٌ وَرَغْبَةٌ What's amazing is that this line, لَكَانَ لَنَا حَظٌ عَظِيمٌ It's a jawabu shart. It's the answer to a condition that the author already mentioned before. Remember what he said, وَلَوْ لَمْ يَكُنْ فِي ذِكْرِهِ أَنَّهُ وَلَوْ لَمْ يَكُنْ فِي ذِكْرِهِ غَيْرَ أَنَّهُ In that line, what did he use? He said, وَلَوْ لَمْ يَكُنْ He said, وَلَوْ لَمْ يَكُنْ مِن ذِكْرِهِ غَيْرَ أَنَّهُ that law, which is shartiyah, the answer to it is here. لَكَانَ لَنَا حَظٌ عَظِيمٌ That's the jawab al-shart. Yani all of this was jumla, jumla mu'taridah that he brought in between it. He's saying here, رحمه الله تعالى, he's saying that then we would have a tremendous share. لَكَانَ لَنَا حَظٌ عَظِيمٌ وَرَغْبَةٌ And a strong desire. بِكَثْرَةِ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ نِعْمَ الْمُوَحَدُ Abundance. Is what? To establish the dhikr of Allah in how perfect it is. Bikathrati dhikrillahi. Um, he says to establish the dhikr of Allah in abundance. How perfect is he? The unique. 
ni'mah is um, blessed is he subhanahu wa ta'ala and al-muwahhadu means the unique one the author here he's saying that to establish dhikr and remember Allah wa ta'ala a lot is something that we need to have a tremendous share in it it's something we need to do a lot and have a strong desire for it because it has all of those benefits that we mentioned he's saying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ni'mah he is subhanahu wa ta'ala perfect blessed subhanahu wa ta'ala and he is also unique and after all of that the author is saying we should have a tremendous share and we should have a strong desire in the to establish the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is he is perfect he also is unique and he is the one who's going to give us all of those benefits the author says but due to our ignorance our remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very little and similarly our worship of Allah is also very little Shaykh rahimahullah, he, uh, he's showing tawadu'ul jam. He's really showing humility. And he didn't say, وَلَكِنَّكُمْ مِنْ جَهْلِكُمْ He didn't say that. Because of your ignorance, all you people, and because of you guys' ignorance, you guys don't do a lot of dhikr for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and you do not worship Allah a lot. He didn't say that. He said, وَلَكِنَّنَا Because of our ignorance. قَلَّ ذِكْرُنَا Our remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has become little. كَمَا قَلَّ مِنَّا لِلْإِلَهِ تَعْبُدُ The same way that our worship of Allah has become little. The author here, he's attributing to himself ignorance. Due to ignorance. تَوَاضُعُ It's humility on the shaykh's side. Wallahi, he is from the ulama'il amilin. He's from those scholars who combine between knowledge and righteous action. Those who have written about his life have testified to that. Student Sheikh ibn Uthaymeen and Abdullah ibn Aqil and others, they all testify to the nobility of this great Imam. But this is something that teaches us as students of knowledge, inshaAllah ta'ala. It also teaches us as Muslims as well that humble yourself. Really humble yourself. Don't think big of yourself. See how small and little you are in your own eyes. Don't have in your heart, I am, me, me. Whenever that enters your heart and you start thinking that of yourself, that is the path to destruction. That is the path to destruction. Humble yourself. See yourself to be very little. See yourself to be very small and realize that the religion of Islam does not need you, you need the religion. And also humble yourself by understanding you don't know much. It's a lot you don't know. Your knowledge is very little. There's so much more for you to learn. So whenever you learn 
a little bit, you think you are the scholar. And the truth of the matter is, I know this is a statement that many have already heard, but it's the truth. The more you learn, the more you study, the more you start seeing how ignorant you are. It's only at the early stages of seeking knowledge you actually think you are everything. But wallahi, when you study more, you start realizing that you don't actually know much. And you start questioning yourself a lot. Sometimes I read the lives of great imams. And it amazes you how humble they are, how simple they are. It was mentioned, this is the humility, it was mentioned that Muhammad al-Amin al-Shanqitiyu, the great scholar, he's a great imam, was said about him, rahimahullahu rahmatan wasi'ah, that in the early stages of his life, he would come to opinions in fiqh-related issues. And in fiqh issues, he would come to it and he would say, this is the strongest opinion. And then he would move on. And he would then come to another issue and he would say, this is the strongest opinion. And he would move on. And then he would say, this is the strongest opinion. And he was, he was adamant and he was direct in pushing what view he believed to be right and mention that view which is wrong and incorrect. Keeping in mind, brothers and sisters, that in every issue in the religion, there's a right or wrong. There isn't all the views are right. Okay? There's a right or a wrong. But some issues, the right and the wrong is objective. It's clear cut. You have to follow one. You're not allowed to follow the other. And some issues in the religion, which is very small, it's one is right, but it's very subjective to the person which one is right. And both parties will be rewarded in this issue. The older the Imam became, the older he became, it became hard for him, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, to strengthen between opinions. And it became very hard for him to say, this opinion is stronger than this opinion. He would say, and again we're talking about issues of fiqh, issues where the opinions is subjective. He would say, Rahimahullah, Wallahi, this view is very strong, and this view is also very strong. But that which become apparent to me, apparent to me, is this. Yani his uslub, his method changed, rahimahullah ta'ala. And that's what it does to your knowledge. When you study more and you learn more, you're like that. But when you're a beginner, you start saying, Shaykh al-Bani authenticated this hadith. Ah, he doesn't understand. I know it. It's wrong. Shaykh ibn Uthaymi gave this fatwa. Yeah, he's wrong. I know. Shaykh ibn Abbas said, ah, yeah, he's wrong as well. He, he didn't know it. This is the delil. And that's how you talk when you are a baby student of knowledge. It shows that that person hasn't studied, hasn't got much knowledge. But then older you get, and it was said about Sheikh Ibn Uthaymeen, that if he gave a fatwa, if he gave a fatwa, and he was told that Sheikh Ibn Baz gave another fatwa, he would, he would ask the person, read the fatwa of Sheikh Ibn Baz on me, and he would listen. And then he would say, we, we will mention the fatwa of Sheikh Ibn Baz. Oh, pay attention. I, what I mean by this is that the humility of these ulama, the humility of these ulama, there's actually a video on YouTube that Shaykh Ibn Uthaymin has asked a question, and the people in the gathering, they know Shaykh Ibn Uthaymin holds an opinion opposite to the opinion of Shaykh Ibn Baz. Pay attention to this. This video is online, it's on YouTube. 
Sheikh Ibn Uthaymin holds another opinion other than the opinion of Sheikh Ibn Baz. And guess what? Sheikh Ibn Baz gave a verdict on this issue and Sheikh Ibn Uthaymin held another opinion. So Sheikh Ibn Uthaymin was invited at a place uh, to give a lecture after Sheikh Ibn Baz. So he get, Ibn Baz gave the fat, uh, reminder and he left. Sheikh Ibn Uthaymin came and he gave the reminder. They asked the question to Ibn Uthaymin that Sheikh Ibn Baz gave the fatwa to. Guess what he said? He said the call is the call of Sheikh Ibn Baz. And he left it. He didn't entertain it. Rahimahullah rahmatan wasi'ah. Rahimahullah rahmatan wasi'ah. There was another Sheikh like that, Hamoud ibn Abdullah Twajri. Hamoud ibn Abdullah Twajri and Sheikh Al Albani are two great scholars of the Sunnah. Both of them are, min, are the ulama of the Sunnah of this era. This era. Sheikh Hamoud ibn Abdullah Twajri and Sheikh, Sheikh Al Albani. They both went back and forward on each other in many issues of fiqh. Like the issue of niqab, Sheikh Albani and Sheikh Hamoud ibn Abdullah Twajri went at each other. The issue of the hand being placed on the chest after the ruku'ah. Sheikh Albani wrote something. Sheikh Hamoud ibn Abdullah Twijiri wrote something in response to Sheikh Albani. Yani there are a lot of issues that they went back and forward on each other. Okay? And the way that Sheikh Albani refuted him, Sheikh Albani has a kitab called Ar-Raddul Mufhim, where he, he refutes the issue of niqab not being wajib, Sheikh Albani. And he's directly refuting Sheikh Hamoud ibn Abdullah Twijiri. And Sheikh Hamoud ibn Abdullah Twijiri is refuting Sheikh Albani. And there's a tough right authorship between the two of them. Guess what, Wallahi? Rem- this point I want you to all remember. When you read the way that they respond to each other and the way they send back books to each other and they refute each other, you think there's no mercy in their hearts towards each other. The student, the student of Sheikh Hamoud ibn Abdullah Tawajiri is Sheikh Abdulaziz Sadhan. Sheikh Abdulaziz Sadhan told me that Sheikh Al Albani. Whenever he would come to Riyadh, he would stay in the house of Sheikh Hamoud ibn Abdullah Tawajiri. He would stay in his house. He would sleep and stay with him. They would spend quality time. The reason is because they differed on an issue of fiqh. A fiqh issue they differed on. Lakin their belief, their aqidah was the same. Aqidah ahli sunnah, aqidah ahli sunnah. They came together and spent that quality time with each other. That really shows you that we have to understand the way our ulama and our scholars were. The way that they were. Mm-hmm. So, um, the humility of the shaykh. And now we have Walid Asaf is Shadeed. The sad reality we have is people who consider themselves to be scholars. With I'm a scholar, I'm a alim. This really isn't the way of the scholars. Someone believing that of himself, thinking that he's the best, he's a scholar, people should come back to me, people shouldn't go to the ulama, come to me. This is a sickness of the heart. The Sheikh is saying about himself. Humility. The author, Rahimahullah, he says, always be a person, always be an individual who beseech. Your Lord for guidance and success. Always beseech your Lord, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for guidance and success. فَمَا خَابَ عَبْدٌ لِلْمُهَيْمِنِ يَقْصِدُ 
the one who calls onto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and asks for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he will never lose out. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will never let you down if you call on him sincerely. That's what Allah said in the ayah. وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ أُجِيبُ دَعْوَةَ الدَّاعِ إِذَا دَعَانِ فَلْيَسْتَجِيبُوا لِي وَلْيُؤْمِنُوا بِي لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْشُدُونَ If my slave asks me and calls on to me, وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ I'm close. I accept the dua of the one who calls me. If you call on to Allah sincerely and you come with the conditions of the dua, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will never let you down. Allah will not let you down subhanahu wa ta'ala. No servant suffers loss when he beseeches Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The, the muhaymin, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is one who is acquainted watcher. Naam. The author, rahimahullah, he says, send your salah, salutation, and salam, and your peace, rahmatin, and your mercy. Send your salah, yani, your salutation, and your peace, and your mercy. Ala khayri man qad kana lil Upon the best of all who guided creation, yani Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, oh Allah sent on him three things. Salutation, peace and mercy. Allahumma ameen. Naam. Wa alin and his companions, uh, sorry, wa alin and his family, oh Allah also sent salutation, peace and mercy on the Prophet's family. Wa ashabin and his companions. Wa man kana tabi'a. And anyone who follows Salatan wa tasliman yadumu wa yakhludu. A salutation and peace which is continuous and everlasting. And we finished, inshallah ta'ala, the explanation on the Al-Manzumatul Nafi'ah, this great beneficial book, Manhajul Haq. We finished. Allahu maghfir lahu warhamhu. Oh Allah, forgive. Shaykh Abdul Rahman Nasr al-Sa'udi for his shortcomings and his errors. O Allah, bestow your mercy onto him. And O Allah, place him in Jannatul Na'im. And O Allah, put him in Jannatul Firdaus. And all of our scholars. And also do the same for us, O Allah, forgive us for our shortcomings. And O Allah, do not place our affairs in our own hands. A split second. You are the one who hears the supplication and the beseeching of his creation. And oh Allah, you are the one that we hope from, that we believe in. And oh Allah, you are enough for us. And you are the best one to rely on. Allahumma ghfil lana dhunubana wa israfana fi amrina wa thabbit aqadamana wa ansurna ala al-qawmi al-kafirin. اللهم اغفر لنا هزلنا وجدنا وخطأنا وعمدنا وكل ذلك عندنا وكل ذلك عندنا يا رب العالمين اللهم لا تجعل الدنيا أكبر همنا ولا مبلغ علمنا ولا تسلط علينا بذنوبنا من لا يخافك فينا ولا يرحمنا رب آت نفوسنا تقواها 
وزكها أنت خير من زكاها أنت ولي ومولاها سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أستغفرك وأتوب إليه